Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's stories for 47 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Carl West, the former editor of the Frankfurt State Journal, thought Kentucky needed a book fair. West attended the National Book Festival in Washington, D.C. when he worked in the Capitol. A volunteer committee was formed, a venue was donated, books were ordered, and the first Kentucky Book Fair began over 35 years ago. Recently, I sat down with members of the volunteer committee who worked with West on the event. They are Mary Lynn Collins, Linda Sherrard, Tom Midkiff, and Ellen Hellard. Ellen, why don't you begin and tell us your fondest memory of the uh, book fair of long ago. Long ago. Well, 1981, Carl West decided, because of his experience with the book fair uh, put on by the uh, National Press Club in D.C., where he was a reporter, he decided that the new State Library building would be ideal for such a, an event here in Frankfurt. That would be a statewide event, et cetera. So he approached maybe 10 people. I was one of them. I was representing actually the department because I worked there um, and knew him personally as well. Uh, from that 10, we had uh, an event in the lobby of the department and it was highly successful, amazingly successful to have as little going in as we did and we had 40 authors. By 1991, in 10 years, we had 100 authors and 5,000 people showing up. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. Thank goodness the fire marshal didn't shut us down many times at the department because you couldn't stir. The the aisles were just packed with people. And this is the 38th year, and you've been in several venues here in Frankfurt. Mary Lynn, tell me about uh, the book fair locations for those, and then we'll also talk about Carl West for those who don't know Carl. The, my memory of the book fair in those early years is as a patron. I didn't um, start working or even volunteering for the first probably 15 years, but I do remember I have wonderful memories of the book fair at the Kentucky Department for Library and Archives. That's where it started. Then I believe uh, they moved to KSU, to the gym, and I remember taking uh, my niece, uh, who was an early reader, and I remember going to a program, and she was so excited about the author. And then we, I guess next, we ended up at the convention center, where we were for how many years, Ellen? I think we moved there in about 2001, so it was like we changed venues every 10 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) about. Linda? One of the things that I think people would like to know is about the uh, author receptions that we used to have. They were, it started out here in Frankfurt, of course, and we got to take them to the governor's mansion every year. And they were always most impressed with that, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We also had some meetings up at the uh, Holiday Inn, if I recall. That might have been in planning process. Mm -hmm. But we've moved around quite a bit in town, so they knew us well any (laughs) time the thing cropped up. At Buffalo Trace at the uh, distillery. Remember the receptions were held there and people really enjoyed that because you were there with all that Buffalo Trace whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, you wanted to talk uh, about Carl. 
Oh yeah. So I think for me, I, I, it was a well-oiled machine by the time I got here. I think we were celebrating the 25th year and, um, Connie was the manager. Connie uh, Crow. Connie Crow. And I'd go to church with Connie and I don't know what made her think I would, uh, enjoy being <laughs> on the, on the fair, but, um, uh, I actually had studied English in my undergrad and hadn't had a chance to do anything with it. So I really enjoy getting back involved with, with books in general. And then Carl had me on author selection, which was amazing, just going through all the books that we were selecting. And, Tell uh, us a little bit about that and how <laughs> those authors were chosen and the well, it meetings. Was, it was hilarious. For, for one thing, it was just fun, you know. Um, uh, it, you know, everybody in the room cares deeply about uh, the amount of work that went into the books that we were, were looking at, but you get some pretty interesting submissions and, uh, you know, s sifting through those uh, and listening to, uh, I guess, the, the season committee members. After, after my first uh, author selection year, I was convinced that the best-selling book would be a, a Civil War cookbook because those, <laughs> they knew what sold and what didn't, and uh, it was just a really interesting experience. And I, I really enjoyed doing that for the first couple of years, and then once I took over as treasurer, I wasn't able to do as much of that kind of thing. But uh, Connie always let me uh, kind of um, hang out with the premier authors too, and that was that was something she kind of baited me with. But she she was good to her word, and that, that was a lot of fun. Well, for all of you, we know what a fine uh, journalist uh, Carl was throughout his entire career mm -hmm. and the work that he did on the paper and how well respected he was uh, around the state. But not a lot of people know, except you, uh, how what kind of book fair manager he was. So tell us uh, a few <laughs> things about that you remember about, about those meetings or about uh, the organization. And Well, he relied heavily on having a manager. Carl would be very enthusiastic and sound like he knew exactly what was going to happen. And then about three of us would have to say, now, wait a minute, <laughs> this is going to have to go this way and we've got to do this and we have to do that. It doesn't just happen. But what Carl was able to do, and this is what was made this fair uh, a huge success, is in Washington when he was there, he of course made all kinds of contacts with big name journalists. And we had, they would come. He would invite, if they wrote a book, he'd invite them and they would be there. And the, the parade of authors in those early, those first 20 years is phenomenal. I mean, these people were on the bestseller lists all the time. And it was such a pleasure for us to have those folks right here in Frankfurt. It's, and I know, uh, Tom, you had this experience of picking these people up and I, I'll never forget having Eleanor Clift, Rick Bragg, and James Swanson in my car at one time. Three mm -hmm. people who were more diverse mm -hmm. in their political <laughs> backgrounds, I couldn't imagine, taking them to the Louisville airport. Oh, my gosh. But Carl was responsible for all those people being there. And But what I remember about him, which was just funny, because as I said, he had to have us all Put, keep him in line and under control and on target. Um, but he would say, we would have a celebrity author or a big name author accept. And he said, oh, we've got him iced. <laughs> and we all laughed because he said, well, you did not kill him. You didn't. <laughs> well, this, this is Mary Lynn. Um, one of my favorite memories 
of Carl is he was so appreciative of people working on the book fair board. This, mm -hmm. I remember the last year uh, before he died, he came to the book fair for just a little while. He just wasn't able to stay very long. And that was a year that I was very involved. And, you know, I'd worked hard Friday getting, getting helping to prepare, worked hard all day Saturday, went home, dead tired. And about eight o'clock, I get a call from Carl. He's calling to thank me oh. and to give me the good news that we had record sales. Now, I don't think I was the only one he called. I think he went right through the board calling everybody mm. and thanking you. Mm -hmm. So it's just a perfect memory for me. Yeah. This is Linda. The thing that I remember about Carl most is he made each one of us feel like we were probably the most important person in the room. Mm -hmm. He'd give you an assignment, and it was just like, I know you can do that. I can count on you. And you, you went out and did it because Carl asked you to. This thing was his heart, absolutely. Oh, yes. Let's talk about some of the writers and authors uh, that you remember. Uh, and Tom, let me just begin with you because you were assigned to pick up a lot of these authors uh, at, at both, I guess, Lexington and Louisville? Uh, definitely, but, but then I'd get to be with them during the, the, the festival, too, and kind of stay at the table with them. And so, hands down, my favorite, George McGovern. Uh, mm -hmm. The line of people coming through there that he touched their lives in some way or another, it was, it was just phenomenal. But uh, David Baldacci was wonderful too. Mm. I'm trying to uh, Metal Ark Lemon spent the whole weekend with uh, Metal Ark. He was wonderful. He uh, just, I mean, where else can you do something like that? It was uh, a lot of great opportunities. To I can remember George McGovern. Uh, this we had Phyllis George Brown the same year, and he was very taken with her. Yes, he was. <laughs> that was so funny. We just saw, you know, he he was. Wanting he in fact I think he made sure he had lunch with her, <laughs> so he could talk to her. Of course, they had all that politics and uh, national stuff going on that they knew about. What were tell me about your favorite authors or oh my or very author. my very favorite author and she was there fairly early was Irma Bombeck, mm -hmm. a true lady. Of, of course, she was at when we had her. She was bestseller, uh, celebrity, had her radio show going, etc. And she was the most down-to-earth person and one of the nicest people I have ever met. And I'll never forget we that was one of the years we had the governor's mansion for the reception. And I was there and I was talking to her. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and she was very short. She was maybe five two. And so I, I she had on this neat little sack type dress. And I said, oh, you look so cute in that. And she said, honey, it hides a lot of things. <laughs> so, Linda, you, you had a favorite? Um, it would be hard for me to pick a total favorite. Well, mention I, several. I can, well, I was going to say, I had some trips to the airport myself that I thought were interesting. We went as far away as the Cincinnati airport, and that was not easy to get some of the volunteers to go there, especially at Sunday morning when they had a 5 a.m. flight or something mm -hmm. like that. But we always managed to pull it off. I picked up two authors one year, John Barrent, who wrote Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and Emil Jenkins, and she wrote a lot of the uh, Southern Heritage decorating cookbook type things. And when he got off the plane, he was all but floating on the air. I had never heard of him, I have to admit. And uh, he came up to me just grinning from ear to ear. He had just gotten a call that he had sold his uh, book as movie rights. We brought him to the book fair, and people were not familiar with him. 
But within six months, he was on TV everywhere, being interviewed everywhere and all that. And Emma Jenkins was just like Irma Bombeck. She was one of those down-to-earth, friendly people, and she would write me notes after she got home. They talk when they get in the car with you on these airport runs. And the day that I picked up, I'll use those two as an example, John Barrett and Emma Jenkins. After they talked over the excitement of this book, they started talking about how they published their books, who were their publishing author, uh, what do you call it? Publisher. Yes. And they, they give you all kinds of information about mm-hmm. how to get into the world of literature in the writing sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, the John Barrett story, I, this is Ellen again, this one was so good. I, we've had maybe 10 managers through all these years, and I was one of them. I was a manager for about eight years in the 90s. Unpaid, is that correct? Oh, n- well, I was paid. You might as well ask. Figured out one time that I was working for 10 cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it was not much. However, uh, when we had John Barrett, I was so excited that we had managed to get him to be there. And I had put him in a very prominent location, and I ended up having to stand around and talk to him a lot, kind of like you're talking about staying with the author, Tom, um, because he, he didn't have a crowd, you know, standing there waiting for him. And he told me he was so, the other reason he was so excited in movie rights, but the other one was his book went to the bestseller list, New York Times bestseller list the next week. Mm-hmm. And he knew it was going there and he was so, so excited. Well, one of our board members, after the day was over, event was gone, et cetera, and he didn't sell that many, actually, uh, or we didn't sell that many of his books. Um, one of our board members said at, we had a, a afterwards meeting to see how we all thought it went, and this woman said, you know, we ought to get John Barrett next year. Oh my <laughs> Mary Lynn, tell us well, about one of your favorite, or, or several fa- favorite memory of an author. Mary Alice Monroe came a mm. few years ago, and my memory of her is, she was very gracious, um, but she, instead of sitting behind and signing uh, books, and she had a lot of people that wanted their signature, she wanted a book from Wendell Berry. So she got in line, and I was in line with her, and she was asking me, which book should I get? And so I got to advise her <laughs> on Wendell Berry's best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, marvelous. I was just gonna say, since Wendell Berry came up, we had such a core group of Kentucky authors that, at least since I've been here, mm-hmm. and I know That's a lot longer than that, just every year they they come, they're some of our best sellers, mm-hmm. um, and they're just wonderful to work well, with. Well, Wendell Berry in particular has, you know, has, is, has extraordinary popularity as an author, but also, of course, fame, national and international fame, which is surprising, and he is a very soft-spoken person. Again, interesting to get to know, because he was hard to get to know, I thought, at the time. Um, but as I got to know him, very genuine, very sincere in his beliefs about what he was writing about, and revered by many, mm-hmm. many, many of the patrons of the fair. They would just come and, and the, as you said, the other authors, mm-hmm. they wanted his book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we would do as a strategy is to set somebody that was an unknown next to Wendell Berry. Mm-hmm. And by the big long line waiting for Wendell would look at that guy's book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were all so excited to be sitting next to him, even if they weren't <laughs> known people. Well, well, of course, he still attends oh, yes. and does really well and Thank has goodness. those long lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, we're so pleased to... Uh, 
have the Barry family join us this year, not just Wendell, but uh, Tanya, his mm-hmm. wife, who has yeah. her first book uh, published. And uh, she's going to be uh, on the main stage in an interview also. So right. it's going to be exciting. Um, you have some stories or you have some uh, memories of the events surrounding the book fair. Did you always have uh, speakers or or something going on with, uh, talk about the, a little bit of the history of that. Well, at the very beginning, uh, we, we did not. We only had, it was strictly an uh, uh, author event uh, signing. And people were there for the one day and signing their titles. But the beauty of, and again, why it succeeds, people had a chance to actually talk to the author. And it's what you were saying about how to get published. Mm-hmm. Very often, these authors would share that information with budding writers who were there asking for that very information. How did you do this? And, and that was so generous of those authors. But the fact that you had a real conversation with these people, and you had time to do it. It was because it was an all-day event. It's interesting to me, in looking back through all these years, that we were a victim of our own success. It is now very difficult for us to get celebrity-type authors because these events have proliferated all over the United States. We were one of 10 when we started, and now every state has one. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, well worth uh, talking about just for a minute uh, because I don't think the general public usually knows that uh, authors uh, require quite a, a substantial fee uh, anymore to come mm-hmm. in and, and speak or attend a book fair. Uh, it's, it's really rare when you are only paying their travel. And that's, I, I guess, did, is that the only thing you did pay? Yes. Did you ever pay an honorarium no. of any sort at all? No, we did not. We had, uh, and this was a bare bones uh, event. If we raised, we pretty much ran the whole event on $30,000. And that was bringing in 100 authors, or having 100 authors. Mm-hmm. The reception was probably the biggest cost we had mm-hmm. because we did not pay any stipends at all. And we would usually set aside $5,000 to help pay the help, help pay the expenses of somebody that was coming from California or somewhere like that. But other than that, that no, we didn't. And it has changed so much, as you said, Authors now demand five thousand dollars just to walk oh, out their door. That's that's, <laughs> that's easy cheap. <laughs> if we could get them for five thousand dollars. So uh, you've all mentioned favorite authors or favorite writers or something that they said in the in the in the back seat of the car that was funny or you you were <laughs> eavesdropping a little bit at that time. But tell us a little bit about. Uh, let's just go to favorite. Uh, we won't say the favorite author, Mary Lynn, but. Uh, somebody that you, uh, other than uh, the, the, the author that you mentioned, somebody that you remember that you really enjoyed being around or that, that did well or? My favorite author, and I was in his line every year, and this is really before I was on the book fair committee, and that was James Steele. Mm. Uh, I mm. miss him. Even now when I go to the book fair, I think, oh, I miss him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Why? I loved his voice. I loved his work. He's, you know, he wrote, I think he was from Alabama. He was from the South, but, you know, he lived in Eastern Kentucky, and Mm -hmm. I have roots in Eastern Kentucky. And um, I just loved what he stood for. Did he seem to enjoy being with all those people? Yes, I think he thoroughly enjoyed himself. He was very relaxed and friendly and talkative. 
Linda? The, the last year that he came, he could hardly sit where yeah. he was, and he managed to be there through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of favorite authors, but I have, a, I guess, a favorite situation. <laughs> One of the things having it here in Frankfurt was that Russ Hatter and Nikki Hughes, Gene right. uh, Birch, would put out these books about Frankfurt. And they would sell like hotcakes. Everybody would talk about a line next to Wendell Berry. They were probably one of our biggest yes, sellers for are. years and years because they would put out one every year trying to support the uh, Capital City Museum. Mm. So that, I, I do were, remember that very fondly. And this Maryland, they're very nice, well done Yes, books. they're beautiful books. Beautiful books. Mm -hmm. What about, uh, what do you remember about James Archambault, who... Oh, well, he showed up, interestingly enough, how did he get there? He was a photographer, so he did not come initially as an author. Uh, he came, he had produced the photographs for a book that Dr. Cl uh, Tom Clark wrote, who was another one of our most favorite authors and one of my fa absolutely all-time favorites. Um, but uh, he, his, his illustrations for these books that Dr. Clark had the text for were just gorgeous and sold extraordinarily well. But then he started producing, and that led him to produce a calendar with his photographs, seriously. It's interesting, again, the book fair changed people's lives. Mm -hmm. That literally changed his life so that he found another way to use his, to be mm -hmm. a professional photographer and do nothing else. So he started the, the, the calendar that has become such a mainstay and so right. popular at the book fair, at the book fair yes. or, or for the yes. book fair. Right. Well, um, people listening to this uh, will need to know that his family, uh, James uh, passed away during the last year, mm -hmm. and his family though has, uh, has reproduced a, a sort of a retrospective calendar oh, of this wonderful. year, and may do it every year, but we'll, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see. But we know that they're going to be there uh, this year, which is going to be quite nice. Yes, that mm -hmm. is good. Yeah, Tom, you said uh, David Baldacci was one of your favorites, and of mm -hmm. course that name among uh, many fans, uh, mystery writer uh, with characters, um, uh, is probably one of the most enormously successful uh, uh, sellers, authors, uh, still alive today. What was it about him? Can you give us a little insight in, into what kind of well, guy he was he or was he a, is oh yeah he was a real catch for us i think he just happened to be coming through this area on a book tour and he agreed to come and do a luncheon for us mm -hmm. uh just real gracious uh i'm a fan too i read his work um but no just just wonderful i spent most of the day with him uh i didn't actually pick him up from the air i think he came in on his own he did um but no, that was a wonderful experience. Who else uh, did you were you fond of? Well, I was thinking about favorite authors. One of my most fun experiences for me was one of my old college professors. Uh, one of my poetry teachers was at uh, the fair. The first year was at the horse park, and um, it was great to connect with him. I bought some of his newer works, and they're amazing. Uh, who, Steve, who is that? His name is Stephen Cope. I don't know. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Steve's wonderful. Um, I actually ran Matt by to the airport, and Matt's phenomenal. Uh, I, I'm sad that he's not the Yahoo uh, correspondent any longer because yeah. I, I followed him oh, for great. years. And yeah. uh, of course, all the truth is out there. His book uh, had just come Excellent. out. He was wonderful, and my apologies to him for almost not getting into the airport in time. <laughs> I took a wrong turn, but uh, there's just there's too many to to mention. Uh, well, what about uh, t tell a few stories, if you will. Um, 
about uh, authors that came in that might have given you a little concern or maybe their demands were a little bit too much. I mean, there's always, if you don't want to mention names, that's okay. <laughs> you can just tell the story. Do you, do you, Mary Lynn? I, I have a funny story. Um, one year I worked really closely with getting authors and so I was the contact for the author Ann Ross. Mm -hmm. yeah. She lives in North Carolina. She'd been to the book fair previously. She's a best-selling author. She has a Miss Julia series and I have, she had quite a following so we got her again and, and we advertised that Miss Julia was coming and about that time, and this was a few years ago when we had a gas shortage, and she called me one morning and said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to start out. I'm afraid I won't, I will get stuck in Frankfurt and have to stay there. There will not be any gasoline. And so I said, I will check on that for you. So I run out to three different gas stations and they promised me that they will have gas from for Ann Ross. And so I called her and she said, okay, I'm coming. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. What, uh, Ellen, can you uh, oh, well, tell I have, us a story or two? I, I've, I have reported this one many, many times and I don't intend to demean, but one of my least favorite authors was Andy Rooney. And as we know, he, on the, uh, what was he, on 60 Minutes? He was the, the former CBS yes. uh, correspondent on 60, uh, on 60 Minutes. 60 minutes and, and he was commentary. the curmudgeon. Mm -hmm. and, and Played that have, well, didn't he? He played it well. Well, it was no act. <laughs> That's, that, was, that was what was interesting really? to me. You would think he's such a television personality and so popular, et cetera, partially because of being that curmudgeon. And when he gets to the fair, it was hard to, to tie him down. He wouldn't let us know exactly when he was coming, what t at time of day. Um, we, we have a line waiting for him, of course, and... We had a person assigned to work with him, kind of like Tom was saying about the ones he's worked with. He actually made her cry because he oh. was so demanding. And I thought, well, yeah, you sold like hotcakes, but I don't know that it was worth it <laughs> to have to deal with you. Oh, that just was making me think. So, you know, that's kind of... Uh, Rooney's personality on TV is kind of how Carl would come off. Oh, but yes. if you knew Carl, he was the warmest hearted guy you'd ever mm -hmm. meet. Right. And uh, maybe that was the, the disconnect yes. there. With well, the, I think yeah. Carl, Carl was an act. No, no I'm <laughs> yeah. Carl was wonderful and. and uh, yeah, he was an act. And did and, and gracious, like it was mentioned earlier. I mean, he, he just made you feel like you were the only guy in the room. Or girl, right. Girl. Yeah. You all have such a, a history with the Kentucky uh, Book Fair, and it's uh, been around uh, for 38 years. As Ellen pointed out earlier, one of 10 in the United States uh, at that time, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. I think uh, in this month uh, alone, when we're recording this, uh, and next month in October, we can count dozens mm -hmm. around the country, including some in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think the, uh, the future of, of book fairs and book events and, and author celebrity, just talk a little bit about uh, where, where you think this is all going. I think it's going straight up. It's, you know, there's no question in my mind. The e-books were so popular for a while, now we're finding people are going back to the book they can hold in their hands. They just seem to like those better. I don't think we have any problem at all for the future. 
Marilyn, aren't libraries flourishing uh, at a time when uh, some people doubted uh, that uh, they were uh, going to to survive? And you've had to change a lot. Exactly. I think more than libraries have had to change over and over and over. Um, They still have a lot of patrons that want the regular traditional book, but they also offer a lot of books online. And, and so I think, you know, they continue to try to figure out the next technology and then they try to make sure that it is accessible by the public. Um, so um, I think the library today has uh, patrons that they serve in various ways. And in addition, I think the library today has become such a, a hub of the community. Uh, that's the wonderful thing about libraries. We're sitting here in the Paul Sawyer Public Library, and, and this is the one place in town, people from all walks of life, in and out, all day long. Um, and so I think the library continues to, to provide a, a valuable service to the community. I fully agree, and of course I worked for the Department for Libraries and Archives, so I'm really <laughs> dedicated to that idea uh, of the uh, library as community hub in particularly in some of the very small counties where there is almost no sense of community except the library. It's the, it is the place where everybody can go. It usually has hours that are conducive to working people getting there and being able to use them. What I have noticed, and this is something that I give credit to the book fair for, is our attention to children and encouraging them to read. Something that we did last year for the first time was go out to the schools with authors. And uh, I was in, privileged to be at the Bergen School, and we had the elementary school uh, children, I think the first, second, and third grades, and the author was Amanda Driscoll. She, all these kids were sitting on the floor in their library watching her describe how she illustrated her books, her children's books. These kids were enthralled. We were able, Book Fair, uh, the Kentucky Humanities and Book Fair, were able to provide each of those children that a book that she wrote. And she autographed every one of them, over 200 books at least. Well, and that was so important for those kids to have their hands on those books. They loved it. That is such an important uh, part of uh, what we're doing now. And it is a, a key. It's really uh, not something that the general public knows a lot about, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's so important for those kids. Uh, We're doubling the number of schools and books this year with money raised from wonderful foundations all over the the state. We could not even get close to affording uh, the uh, dollars, uh, even at great discounts Mm -hmm. from the publishers. Uh, to supply all the schools and kids, and and we want to continue to grow on that. But I remember in one of my first book fair meetings, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, uh, in Frankfurt, we were at the the Library and Archives, I think, at that meeting, and I I think all of you were there. Tom, I'm not sure if you were there or not, but the suggestion uh, was made by one of you that wouldn't it be great if we could be sure that we put a, a book in that in those children's hands, mm-hmm. and that's what we started working on, and that's that's what's uh, so important. Um, so, Tom, do you think um, has have your reading habits changed, or uh, do you think that that uh, generally that uh, 
libraries are going to continue to grow, that book fairs are going to, and certainly the Kentucky uh, book fair uh, is going to be around for a while? Yeah, I was thinking about the treasury side of this, and, you know, when I when I took over as treasurer in it's either 08 or 09, um, the, it was phenomenal. The, the festival, a once-a-year event, book sales only, almost no donations, had squirreled away a pretty good nest egg that we used uh, kind of as an operating line of credit up until the fair every year. And probably by the time I took over, the the annual expense was closer to 60000 yeah. Um And with the recession in 09, the advent of eBooks, we really struggled with uh, what how, how to do that, to embrace it. You, can, you can't sign an eBook. Um, <laughs> But we thought about maybe having downloads available. We, we went through a period there where uh, the festival lost, the fair lost money mm -hmm. uh, three or four years in a row. In addition, there's a charitable element that's always been part of the, the book fair. And most years we would give between, while I was treasurer, five to $7,000 to, to libraries. Uh, I, I remember specifically there was a, a library that was wiped out by a flood um, or to school right and so you know combined with the money we were donating every year we started eating into that treasury and it was getting to the point where it was getting harder to uh, to meet that run up to the the fair you combine that with some bad years in the economy we were tied to local events probably a little more than we we uh, would have liked to have been with sometimes if uh, if uh, candlelight happened before our event people didn't they spent their money at candlelight didn't have as much money to so we were always trying to figure out you know how to approach this better how to how to keep the revenues coming in so we could continue the the charitable uh nature of the event and uh the addition of children's day which was mm -hmm. wonderful um you know we were, we, we added some uh, fundraising components but as an all, all volunteer base it just was really uh it was what it was was wonderful when the humanities council stepped in and offered to help uh that first year uh it just took it up a whole other level to, uh, and, and and to me that's an important uh part of the continuation of something like this uh to honor carl and everyone who's worked on it over the years and all the people it's helped uh, and the importance of book my reading habits i thought i'd get everything on a Kindle, and I'm back to books. I, <laughs> I haven't touched mine. Well, I want to thank all of you for spending a, a few minutes with us on the, the podcast and just to, to tell uh, you and uh, the listeners that uh, we have created a special honor in Carl's name, and uh, we're going to announce that in October uh, at an event here at the Paul Sawyer Library. And... Uh, and a lot of people will know about that at the uh, the book fair uh, on November the 16th. So the the festival and the events, uh, November 10th through the 16th, uh, we're planning a, a really big uh, kickoff on Sunday afternoon, the 10th, uh, at the uh, Art Center in downtown Lexington with, it's really kids focused. Uh, it's all about the kids and we're gonna have uh, some entertainment for them and, and several authors there. and. And then we go through the week with our lineup and then uh, the fair on Saturday uh, with over 200 authors now, uh, 200 plus. It's, it's sort of uh, hard to believe. It's hard uh, to keep it under that. <laughs> it's, that I, to me, that's the most interesting thing about this is we had all these, oh, people don't read anymore. 
yet we have more people publishing books than ever. Yeah. It's that's that's surprising to me. Well, I'm going to refuse to ever believe and I'll go to my grave thinking that people uh, are reading less. Uh, I know they're maybe watching more uh, uh mm-hmm. too, but uh there's some phenomenal younger writers, young young Kentucky writers mm-hmm. that are going to come along and uh gosh, we've got such a uh, a great lineup of um of the authors who've been there for a number of years, they'll, they'll be back. And then we're even finding room for somebody like uh, uh, Mr. Archambault and his uh, calendar and, and that sort of thing. So we're, we're looking forward to it and hope, uh, again, uh, you've done such a great job for us and helping us along. We want to continue to work on it together and we're just uh, pleased to, to have you as partners. Wonderful. Thank you. Linda. Do we have a minute for me to throw in how much we appreciate the Kentucky Humanities Council? <laughs> you have been wonderful. You've been very wise in picking this up and moving on with it when we thought we were going to have to give it up. And we want to thank you for that. Well, that would have been sad, and, <laughs> and we didn't want that to happen. And uh, we want to, uh, to grow it and to, uh, to build on your success over the years and to continue to, uh, to have this as uh, the premier literary event in, uh, in Kentucky. So thank you. Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's stories for 47 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.